All right, here's the scenario. You're driving down the road. You have your two kids in the car. You have your diaper bag open in the front seat with a vape pen and a bag of gummies and flour you just got from the dispensary, but you got pulled over. Are you freaking out? Are you protected? Do you know the local laws in your state about open containers? This episode is all about how to protect yourself, especially when you have kids around, um, when you get pulled over, and how to move around with your products in your vehicle, keep them safe at home as well from your kids, because we are not handed a 101 book when you leave a dispensary to update yourself on the local laws. It is on you to find the information and on you to protect yourself, because do you even know what the repercussions are in your area if you have an open container and you have kids in the car? I mean, this is really serious stuff because this whole industry is so new. So you want to make sure that you're protected a thousand percent. My conversation today is with Sarah with Lock Green Products. It is a stash box that is lock proof, smell proof. We'll go more into why this box is so special in the episode, but it is a way to protect yourself. And she goes into her story between her husband getting into the cannabis industry super early when it was only legal in Colorado and how that has progressed for her through the corporate environment to now being a business owner with this amazing product. Um, She's a wonderful human being, wonderful mama, and I know you'll enjoy my conversation with her just like I did. The Mama Chill Club podcast exists to support every mama. You know, we all have our struggles through postpartum, figuring out parenting and how to be a good human. And now there's this thing called cannabis that we don't know a ton about. And we're here to just build community and provide education through stories and interviews. Because we're not a group of couch potatoes, we are high level, high training, high functioning, high people (laughs) that are utilizing cannabis for medicine and enjoyment. The experts really need help in sharing their knowledge. So I'm bringing in these experts, OGs and other badass moms into this space because stigma really isn't doing anything for who this plant can benefit, and the lack of support isn't fulfilling what us mamas need. So you are not alone, and you're not a bad mom for using cannabis or even considering using cannabis. Welcome to the Mama Chill Club podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yay, thank you for having me. (laughs) The entrepreneur in me has so many questions for you, and I'm like so excited to get there, but the most important role is mama. I want to hear where you're at in motherhood. So for example, for me, you'll appreciate this. My seven-year-old is now crafting sales pitches for the things that he wants mm. and plays on like the emotions of my husband and I and like mm-hmm. to get the deal and win the deal. So Smart. That's that. And then, yes. And then I have a toddler who's my COVID baby. And now that things are more normal, it's fun to see like his personality develop and be able to do those things. Now, like go in nature, go to the beach, you know, yes. animal zoos, farm. So that's where I'm at. Where, where are you at? Yes. Well, how old is the youngest one? I heard seven is the oldest. Two. Yep. Two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So five year gap. So I have, um, so I was a boy mom for 13 years with two boys. Ooh. I had, um, when, I have right now 16 is the oldest, 13 is the, is the middle. And then I have a COVID baby as well, three years old, um, who was born the second day of the quarantine, (laughs) which was St. Patrick's day, (laughs) March 7th. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I had her right before they started mandating masks and things so I could Mm. breathe 
only one yep. person was allowed. My husband was allowed in the room. Yep. Um, but then it got worse after that and eventually got back to normal. But yeah. Um, yeah, so so I have a big gap. I have like between the oldest and youngest is 13, between the middle and youngest is 10 years. <laughs> but then I had yeah. a girl. Then I had a girl. <laughs> oh, you got your girl. Yeah, yeah. I got, finally got the girl. So yeah. <laughs> excited about that. But I'm done. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm done too. I had a, a really rough pregnancy. I was sick, like couldn't keep anything down. So I'm like, I think two oh. boys is good. Like yeah. I will always be queen. That's right. Always. Yep. Even with the girl, I'm queen. I have to correct that. You're a princess. I'm queen. Oh my gosh. I love that. I'm I queen. think that would be my approach too. <laughs> yeah. Keep her in check always. Like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, COVID was so tough being pregnant. And then, I mean, quarantine in the hospital must've been just like, I mean, from all of that, like worrying about your baby, like not seeing smiles on people's faces. Like that was my biggest thing. I was like, oh, he can't see like the joy he brings people that he walks mm-hmm. by. But there was yeah. a lot of opportunity in COVID too. I feel like it's all about perception. And I know you really capitalized on your COVID time being home with your kids. I think that we find a lot of inspiration coming back to like that, that almost ancestral role of like mama caretaker. And that's mm-hmm. where your company was born out of. Oh yeah, yeah. I um, I had like I mentioned, I had my youngest daughter on March seventeenth, so that was mm-hmm. the, right the beginning, right? And that was right when they said schools were closed for two two weeks. We lived in Maryland, like the DC DMV area mm-hmm. then, yeah. and um, so they up there they said schools will be closed for two weeks. Now they were closed for over a year. I mean, we know that now, yeah. but um, yeah. I was blessed in a way because my maternity leave was three months I think um and that that aligned with them having to adjust being at home but then I'm also adjusting having a baby and dealing with Mm -hmm. how emotions are all over the place it was just a crazy crazy time and then scared because my husband worked in the cannabis industry so he was an essential worker so he was in and out of the house all Mm. the time and I was Mm. like oh my god like what's happening like is it as bad as they say it is are they hyping it up should I not be worried should I be worried you know um uh but then when I went back to work um, it, it was such a struggle because my kids were struggling in school. There was no daycare options. I couldn't mm-hmm. just say, Hey, can you watch her so I can work? I was at my desk like this with a like three month old, <laughs> like this on the keyboard over, you yep. know, and I'm like, yep. Yep. you know, and I had a very, um, uh, challenging job you know very job that demanded Mm -hmm. a lot from me um so I ended up pulling away um to your point then I was at home with my kids trying to figure out like what's my next move what do I do again I'm Mm -hmm. in this phase I knew I needed to to pull away I knew Mm -hmm. well I you would think but not even (laughs) I was so busy with the babies trying to teach my kids at home and keep them focused and mentally help them you know from being at home and it was just a lot going on and then my grandmother passed away then my dad passed away Mm. it was just like a Mm. lot going on so from that time I didn't you know I left corporate America not knowing what my next move was but knowing that I needed to go like in my soul but it didn't make sense to leave but it made sense afterwards because like I said all those things were happening that I had some really close deaths happen I had to you know be present for my family in those times and then you know we ended up coming back to Virginia where we were at before we went to Maryland 
and the laws changed July 1. They said that the law was going to change where um, it was uh, Virginia became the first state in the South to legalize adult use cannabis. So that was huge. <laughs> and I had always been involved in cannabis advocacy. Well, not always, since about 2017, been involved with cannabis advocacy in Virginia. So when I came back, it was like, okay, this is big. What what are we going to do? So that space allowed me to birth um, lot green, of course, in conjunction with my husband, because my husband mm-hmm. had been in the industry for over 10 years at that point. Um, so we, we birthed this company out of that time mm-hmm. <laughs> away from mm-hmm. work for me. Um, and then lot green was born. Yeah. Yeah. How did you guys get into cannabis? I know he was in the industry for a while. How did your relationship with cannabis start? Um, well, um, from the very, very, very beginning, um, I was not not introduced in college, but I mean, I started to dabble in college, but it was so few and far in between. It wasn't even like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I was smoking weed on the weekends. It was kind of like, OK, yeah, well, you know, let's do this. We're about to go out. Sure. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Great. You know, Um and, you know, it was over the years and really once my husband became interested in, I mean, he had been a cannabis consumer the whole time, but really interested in the industry and the mm-hmm. actual business aspect of it that I mm-hmm. really opened my mind to even think more about it. You know, it was just like, oh, really? Way medical benefits? Oh, goodness. There's all these people in jail because of this thing, but then it's becoming yeah. legal in these states. Like it, it, it was at that point in my adult life that I started processing through all of these um, issues about uh, cannabis and its potential and the lies we had been told about it our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so really it was, it was in my adult life and really by way of my husband who had already mm-hmm. enlightened himself to that because he was a consumer, but he wasn't just, you know, the stereotypical consumer, you know, yeah. I'm sitting on the couch smoking weed, which most people that I know, who are cannabis consumers are not that <laughs> really mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he was yeah. thinking about the business aspect of it. You know, he was thinking about, you know, more than just like being a knucklehead kid in college <laughs> thinking about uh, weed. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's really when my eyes became open to it. And when I learned more about it and then later in life um, became, really on the advocacy side and looking at cannabis law reform. But my mm-hmm. husband around 2010, 11-ish, actually went to start uh, start working in the cannabis industry. So that was yeah. his start. Um, and that was off of just pure, like, there's opportunity, taking a risk. And I didn't even see the opportunity in it. I was like, are you serious? You're trying to move to Denver? I'm like uproot our whole family and go to Denver. It ended up, we ended up deciding that he was going to go and test the waters <laughs> because I had a good job. Yeah. We had a house. We had two kids at that point. And it was like, well, you know, see how it goes. And if it's good, we'll all come. Well, it ended up being that it, it, it was rough in the beginning. It ended up being 
being well, going good. He was out there for like five or six years and then came back east. Wow. <laughs> but we yeah. never we never went. He was just traveling back yeah. and forth. Um, yeah. 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 So, it you know, it just is a it's, it's a unique story because we kind of separated mm-hmm. at that point and we were figuring it out. And then he came yeah. back and then went forward in the industry in Maryland and then in Virginia. So um, that's how he got started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of picked up off of his movement mm-hmm. in that industry. Yeah. yeah. Was he using it medically and he just saw the health benefits and what it did for people around him. And he just, you know, took an opportunity and saw the direction that it could potentially go and went for it. Or was he, like, how did he get so excited about the industry enough to do what he did and go long distance almost and go back and forth? I, uh, he was using using it medically before it yeah. was even legally to use mm-hmm. legal to use it medically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he absolutely saw the benefit. And I think yeah. from that and just having a business mind and doing research mm-hmm. and having an interest in it, like. I didn't have an interest in it, so I didn't know, mm-hmm. and I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about it. I was just I'm like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. cannabis, yeah. okay, yeah. Well, daddy, daddy's gonna go smoke, and he'll be better when he comes back. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's really where it came from for from him. It was just using it, seeing the benefits that it had for him, yep. and then just learning, taking it upon himself to learn more, and then learning more about the industry and saying, hey there is a lot of potential in this. This was before mm-hmm. even Colorado was recreational. This was when Colorado oh, wow. was made. Yeah, that was way back in the day. Yeah, because yeah. he was there yeah. when it switched over. Yeah, so um, yeah, it, it was just that. It was it was that for him. It's interesting thinking about that time when everything, and even fast forwarding to now, because it's really confusing because you have some states that are recreational, some states that are medical, but yet you can't carry a certain amount in your car and like where do you figure out like what is safe how do I know how to use it how do I know I'm not going to get in trouble like it almost brings a lot of anxiety like you're so excited to get this card or it's recreational and legal but then you're like well what are the repercussions like I'm in the car with my kids and I get pulled over like what now so how was that learning curve for you guys because I know you're very very vocal about the laws and education and everything so how did you how did you just start diving in into that piece? When I first became involved in advocacy, it was through uh, Virginia Normal. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned, my husband started in the industry a long time ago, but there wasn't anybody around here that we saw talking about cannabis. So when mm-hmm. I was talking about cannabis, people were like, oh, God, what is she? You know, it was kind of like. Mm-hmm. Nobody yeah. was really yeah. talking about it on a large scale at that point. So we saw that there was a cannabis convention in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And we were like, what? So my husband and I attended and it was for Virginia Normal. So I say all that to say Virginia Normal is about the law reform, like National Organization National Organization for the Reform of marijuana laws. I had to, I had to spell it out <laughs> in my head. A lot of um, letters. <laughs> yeah. So when I'm becoming involved with that organization, they're really digging into the weeds about the laws, how to change the laws, what's happening in the laws, where, what direction they want to go. And I, by no means was on the strategic planning of that at all. I was on the community side, educating the community, talking about it, learning myself. 
so I could talk to people about it intelligently. And that that's really where the start came from is you have to know the laws like in mm-hmm. your state, in your state. Um, so that's why I do a lot of education about that. What are your laws? What do they say about how much you can have on you? What do they say about if you can grow in your home? What does it say yeah. about traveling with it in your car? Mm-hmm. Um, I just did a post today about having a gun, gun ownership and having mm-hmm. a, a, a well, gun ownership and cannabis use. Um, being a medical patient, and if you can even own a gun, hmm. like there's so many hmm. aspects yeah. of this to your point about it being so complex, um, but which is why it's so important to be an educated consumer and really take that time to find out what your state's laws are and what they say to protect yourself. Yeah, yeah. How was it speaking out about it? Because I know you came from a corporate environment, you had been in there for 15 years. And I know you're at events speaking openly. How how were you talking about it? Was it scary to talk about it? Was it a big risk? How was it received? Like how, you know, you're like yeah. on the forefront of this emerging thing where the stigma is so harsh still. Like, how did that go? Oh my gosh. It was, it was, it was kind of funny because I remember in the beginning, the beginning years, um, thinking, oh my gosh, should I say what my husband does? Like, mm-hmm. should I say that? You know, I don't know if I'll be received well or what, but then I, you know, I feel like that idea, I mean, that thought came and went because it's like, wait, why am I talking like I'm ashamed? It's legal. Mm -hmm. It's completely legal. And um, if anything, me talking about it, something that's completely legal, something that's completely different. It's going to separate me. It's going to, it's, it's, it's going to be something that differentiates me in the Mm. crowd of everybody. Um, And, you know, and I'm like this young person in corporate America at that point, like Mm -hmm. I'm typically the youngest person in the room, typically one of the few people of color in, I I was in banking. Mm -hmm. So banking at that level, and I was on a regional level. So banking at that level is like very good old boys club type thing. So Mm -hmm. I was always the different person in the room. So um, I just used that to, you know, not, not used it, but if I spoke about it, I just absorbed that as a part of my identity. That's something that I can speak on that is different and I can speak on it intelligently. Um, And, and, and really what I was most surprised by is that there wasn't any, I didn't meet anybody in all those circles. And I talk about this a lot. I I mean, I'm sitting next to CEOs of multi-billion dollar companies. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting next to community leaders. I was mostly met with curiosity and a ton of questions. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Um, It wasn't, you know, oh, well, I think that's ridiculous. Or I don't know why people get into that. And perhaps they were being polite. I am in the South. (laughs) but you know I feel like you can also be polite and disagree by just refusing to talk about it oh that's nice can you pass the butter please you know what I mean it wasn't Mm -hmm. it was like really well Hmm. how does that work well when they do this or then they start telling their stories oh well I did this you know I went to Denver last summer when we were young you know it it was those type of conversations that I think I was most surprised by, but pleasantly surprised. By. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I think that's the hard part about being a mom because there's so much on the line. And just like you and your job, there was so much on the line because you were making these big connections to move the needle with the company that you worked for and being bold and thinking about it in a way that sets you apart. I like that because I, I think that it's tough as a mom going into a conversation where they're like, man, you just, I get, I get told a lot. I'm just so chill. And like, I don't overreact when my kids are doing whatever at the park and I just handle it. And I, I'm always nervous to say, well, like, I'm not, I'm not baked, but like cannabis really helps me with that. Mm -hmm. And I found like Mm -hmm. a lot of my anxiety goes away if like I medicate with it in a microdose throughout the day. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm always so nervous to say something because like I said, a lot's on the line. Like you don't Mm -hmm. really know the repercussions. You don't know what's going to happen or what people are going to think or say, but I like how you said it differentiates you because what a cool what a cool approach to that. Mm. Instead of being scared or ashamed, like you're like, no, I'm going to support my man. Like he's doing something <laughs> epic and I'm going to go bold and big with it. And mm-hmm. I just think that's a really good takeaway coming from like a place of being a mom, being scared and taking that risk and talking about it. Because on one hand, that's why we have stigma because we're not talking about it. And on the other hand, we could truly be helping someone else if we're loud about it. Cause I'm sure you had so, yeah. Excuse yeah. Me, so many conversations where people are like, I'm going to go try it again. Or oh, that's cool that you use it for sleep or whatever. And now I'm going to try it and see if it works for me kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I've also had conversations on like in these corporate spaces with people that literally haven't even, hadn't even had a um, educated conversation about it Mm -hmm. to the point where we're Mm -hmm. sitting there at a table and they're just like, I never thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. You're right. Oh my goodness. You know, and I, and those are the moments that I love too. I've had so yeah. many stories where people come back to me and tell me I hadn't even thought about it that way until I talked to you. Now I do this. Now I speak at this. Now oh, I'm involved, it. you know, yeah. and those are the things that I really, really love about it. But I also think that it has to do with um, my sense of self. I would mm-hmm. say that as well, because after a certain point in my career, I, I've accomplished a lot and I'm so thankful of that for that. I'm like, you know, you can say what you want to say. Like, mm-hmm. Google me. Look at my look at my track yeah. record. <laughs> and I'm not saying that to be like, um, I'm this person. But I say that to say, if you want to try to put me in a box, you can't do that because my record speaks for itself. You can't define me. I'm already defined, not by you. So when when it came to that, it also was that sense of, even when I was younger in my career and I didn't have all these, you know, accolades or, you know, accomplishments, Mm -hmm. it was still like, you can't box me. I can prove you otherwise if I needed to, but I really don't. But, you know, I, I am awesome and you can, and whether you believe that or not, and I'm awesome and I'm talking about something you don't know. So you, you really should listen. You don't have yeah, to agree. Pay attention. Yeah. You don't have to agree, but it's a <laughs> viewpoint that you probably haven't thought of. So let's just talk about it. At the end, if you don't agree, cool. But at least you've stretched your mind if you care to do so. So yeah. I think it takes that that level of confidence too, because it could be very easy to say, I'm not gonna do this, I'm not gonna talk because they're gonna they're gonna think that I'm this. And I even had those thoughts, but I'm just like, you know mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're just a really good example of like what you can accomplish, like having that on, like using cannabis as a tool too, because Mm -hmm. how have, 
like separating your relationship from cannabis in college, being social. Like, I feel like a lot of us have been there. That's how I got my start too. Mm -hmm. And then moving towards medically, I know my moment of like, oh, wow, this is more than just like a party thing or a social thing. Um, I ran track in college and I smoked before one practice and I <laughs> PR'd and like all of these runs that we were doing, we were doing like 800s and 400s and I wow. was running the fastest I ever, and I couldn't, not that I couldn't feel my lungs, but I just felt like they were bigger and open and I could like feel my arms moving and my legs and the spikes gripping the track. And I was like, oh, there's something to this, like from a performance aspect. And now I use that to run. Like on Sunday, I smoked a little bit, did six miles and then smoked afterwards for a little recovery. And like, you just, I just feel really good. So do you have a moment where you were like, oh, holy shit, this is like more medical than fun. Did you have like an aha moment or was there something that you were treating or even like, how do you utilize it as a mom? Like, is it for sleep yeah. to get better quality sleep or, you know, anxiety, whatever it is. Like, how is your relationship with cannabis now? Um, my relationship with cannabis is still on an occasional level like i am not an everyday consumer i'm not one mm -hmm. that uses it to go to sleep or certain things i use it to unwind and mm -hmm. and but i but i'm kind of picky because i wanted to unwind when i can unwind like if mm -hmm. i want mm -hmm. to unwind but there's still like things i have to do or like ways to you know things that i just have to be have my attention on I hear all the time about women. They're like, you know, that helps me get through that. To me, mm -hmm. I'm like, so, you know, I don't know what, I don't even know what the word is, but I rather get done with all of that and then enjoy, like just sit back and just let my mind go. I love how my mind mm -hmm. can go. I love how I think. I love how I can just relax. Now there are, now I will say if I'm <laughs> cooking, that's different. If I'm cooking, yeah. <laughs> just like I drink a glass of wine when I'm cooking, you know, drinking yeah. that way. If I have um, a good like edible or if we mm -hmm. like, like if we can go tote beforehand, like I do mm -hmm. love that. I do love to work in that way. I think maybe it's the creativity or whatever, but I'm a, but, but overall I'm an occasional consumer. And mm -hmm. to me that, that works for me. Um, it works for me because that's how I use, I love to unwind. The other, the other instance that I would use, it has nothing to do with kids. It has to do with when me and my girls go out. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Again, it's about relaxation. It's about mm -hmm. shirking all the anxieties and things that mm -hmm. I have from the day or the week or the month. And just, you know, just trying to enjoy myself. And that I feel that cannabis really helps with that. Yeah. That's, that's cool to hear because a lot of my conversations have been women that have to use CBD constantly throughout the day for pain management or utilize it for anxiety or they're going, working through trauma and they're using it in certain ways. But to mm -hmm. hear like a more casual consumer and to know like you can still be supportive of cannabis and see the benefits and not have to do it all day long. I think that's a good example too because I know there's a lot of moms that are unsure of where to start or how to get started or what mm -hmm. to use it for. And I think you provide some really good examples of like, I mean, just cooking, like you're a very creative person and an idea <laughs> person and all that. So like, I can see 
<laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't even I like cooking. So I have to get through either. it some kind of way. I had to get I through it some kind of way. Either, either wine or weed or something. I'm like, oh, I got to do this. Well, let me, come on, let, you know. But, yeah, um, you have a lot of boys to feed, too. I, oh, my goodness. So <laughs> many, so many. Yeah. And, and they're big and they're tall. And they work out and they're athletic, yeah. you know. So, yeah. but I will say this. This kind of ties back to speaking out about cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um in this cannabis world, I mean, you know, you're in it, you're following on Instagram, social media, talking mm-hmm. to people. A lot of people are like the everyday consumers. So mm-hmm. at some point when I first got into Lock Korean, I was just like, I'm not that. Would I be considered like, mm-hmm. you know, outsider for saying that? Yeah. But then again, then again, the truth and reality, my authenticity authenticity i mean it's like i'm not wrong for being myself or being how i am mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. a, a lot of uh cannabis advocates don't even consume period and i didn't know that but really the lesson out of all this is just being authentic to yourself whoever you are is okay i can advocate for cannabis and never consume i can mm-hmm. advocate for cannabis and be an everyday consumer or yep. anywhere in between. So that's 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 my message. Whoever you are, be who you are authentically. And that applies yeah. to speaking out about cannabis. That applies to however you are a consumer. And that applies to life overall. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about cannabis law. I don't want to go too deep into it, but just kind of the surface of it. Because it's recreational. It's legal. Whatever. You get your cannabis card. And you have created a product with your husband that conceals cannabis in the car. So what do, or even just around kids, like it's got a lock code on it and everything. So what do moms need to know about cannabis safety with like the lockbox and the kids and keeping it safe? And then also with local laws, state laws in their individual states um, about cannabis law and what you can carry and why your product was created basically. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we created Lot Green Stash Boxes to give cannabis consumers of all kinds peace of mind as they store cannabis and travel with it in their cars. Um, So we're all about safety. We're all about protection. So each state is different. We just we just talked about that, knowing your state's laws and specific um, details about what those laws say. But overall, if we were to do a blanket any state with legal cannabis laws that has open container laws and open container laws are just like with alcohol, right? If you're in your mm-hmm. car, you don't drive with your beer open in the, in the center console, right? That's open container. A cop pulls you over. They're assuming that you're consuming while you're driving. Same thing with cannabis. You don't have your vape pen. You don't have your flower just sitting on your passenger seat or even in your back seat. Um, because the cop can assume that you're consuming Mm. while driving. So the rule of thumb that I always say is lock it up and put it in your trunk. When we're talking about driving with cannabis in your car, lock it up, put it in your trunk. Um, Because when you do that, you... Now, I haven't seen a state yet that falls outside of this, but that meets and exceeds most states requirements for cannabis storage and travel. So that is why when we came up with lot green stash boxes, it was about having a stash box that was smell proof and also had a built built in combination lock on it. Some things to pay attention to when you are looking at your state's open container laws 
are do they require what type of container do they require the cannabis to be stored in? Does it have to be smell proof? Does it have to mm-hmm. be child resistant? Um, where are they requiring that you travel with it? Most times it's out of your reach and your reach is your, your, you know, your front seat and, and your back seat out of your reach is typically your trunk or behind the last upright seat of your vehicle, which is, um, you know, for vehicles without a trunk. Um, these are important things to pay attention to. Does it need to be sealed? Does it have to be locked? Does it have to be in this uh, smell-proof container? You know, so these details are important yeah. to find out. Um, but our stash boxes, we made them so they go over and above most yeah. states. You know, if it's if it's smell-proof, some states, the the odor mm-hmm. of marijuana in your car is enough for them to search it. Uh, so if you have it smell-proof, that protects you. Um, and then some states have get, gotten rid of that, like Virginia have gotten rid of, you know, odor as, you know, uh, grounds for uh, search. Um, but still, it's best to not have the smell at all. Right. When you yeah. get pulled over by an officer, it's not the time to sit here and argue over, um, you know, loose yeah, straws. Any good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We want to be confident. We want to be want to have that peace of mind, knowing mm-hmm. that you're traveling safely and as per what the law states, because um, there's a lot of drama that can go down on the side of a road. We have been there, ha- have horror yeah. stories. Okay. And, 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 and so, so that's what we, that's why we created that. And it was really important to talk about open container. The other part about it is a lot of people don't even know their open container laws. So mm-hmm. it's important mm-hmm. to talk about yeah. it and bring awareness of it. But when it comes to kids, um, we see in the news every once in a while, about kids that got into their parents' stash. They had to call poison control. Maybe the teenager the teenager brought the gummies to school. Now it's a group of kids that are high on the playground. Yeah. You know, I mean, goodness gracious, Google is a thousand stories that come up. That's what we're trying to prevent. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to prevent. Our mission is to prevent cannabis law violations overall. Whether you're driving whether you have kids around it, whatever it is, because when you have the stash box and you use your lot green stash box, you're protecting yourself and you're also protecting others from gaining access to your stash. And that's the important part. That's yeah. what I always talk to can of moms about, can of dads mm-hmm. about, communities yeah. about, grandmothers, grandfathers, uh, anyone, pet moms and dads. I was talking to a veterinarian and they said that it was one of the most common things that they see pets getting into edibles. I was like, what? Yeah. I've seen that firsthand. Whole... Yeah. Really? I was like, I should yeah. do a whole pet campaign. I mean, oh, goodness gracious. Because it's so sad. <laughs> yeah. Because the do- it was two dogs. It was these pit bulls and they got into, I think it was brownies or cookies or something. Just honest mistake. Uh, my friend's dogs and they just, they were, I just remember vividly, one of the dogs was just staring at the ceiling, ceiling fan for an hour. Oh and I was, we were like, oh, and then we were trying to get them outside, walk them around. But yeah, it's like, it's really sad seeing oh pets. Oh my gosh. But like, they were fine. They were fine afterwards. They probably had like a prolific life event during it. <laughs> no, right. Like, I appreciate life now, but I yeah. know, right? <laughs> yeah. Where can we find like the laws and regulations about open container and all that? Since it's so individualized per state, where, yes. where can we look to find that? Because you're not given a packet of information when you get your medical card and, and recreational, 
no one tells you any of that either. You could just go in a dispensary. So where do we find information to be educated on that? Yeah, so um, because of my association with normal, I always direct people to their state mm-hmm. normal site. Okay. Um, and normal is N-O-R-M-L. Um, also the national normal site, if you go to, I wrote it down here, normal.org, N-O-R-M-L.org backslash laws, Mm -hmm. they organize the laws per state. So that is a great place to start. You can also go straight to your state. You can go straight to where this, the laws are in your state, um, it should come up now. I know Virginia's does where we live, but I mm-hmm. mean, I can't speak for all other states. But if you look up, you know, whatever your state is, cannabis laws, um, ugh, I mean, it can be hard. But I would yeah. always encourage folks if they're having trouble finding out, just, you know, as a good starting point, reaching out to your state normal chapter. If you don't get anywhere okay. from there, um, Tell them to contact me. I have connections right to the national, um, okay. the national group, and yeah. I can get them to where they need to go. Because it's kind of sad how hard it is to find out find these laws, mm-hmm. which is exactly why we built in <laughs> education so much into our company. Our company is mm-hmm. about the stash boxes, but it is uh, is is also very much about educating about how to use the stash boxes and the laws to protect people to prevent cannabis law violations Mm -hmm. um so it's very important i would say to start there um try to go directly to your state site and learn what those laws are there but if if you're having any questions or any issues or if it's difficult Mm -hmm. reach out to national normal feel free to connect with me also on at lock green products on Instagram, Facebook, um, and I can help when I can. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And not to freak everyone out, but what are some of the repercussions if you are in violation of the open container or it's in your car, you're pulled over? Like, what are some of the things? I know, I know it's a big range of, and then where you're at too, but what are some of the things that you've seen or even your personal experience that you guys had with it? Like, what are some of the repercussions and future repercussions that kind of stay with you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you think of like the consequences of getting a cannabis law violation, which is why our mission is to prevent cannabis law violations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just am emphasizing that again. Um, why that is so important is because if you get those law violations, whether it be open container or your kids or possession or maybe they think that you are um, possessing with intent to distribute. That's a whole nother Mm -hmm. charge. Um, All of those things. And they can make assumptions based on how much you have, Mm -hmm. what you were doing. I mean, it can be a whole mess. It's because when you have those convictions on your record, um, a lot of times you may be prevented access to housing opportunities, jobs. They do background checks. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> States will do a background yeah. check. Jobs will do a background check. You may be prevented access to that. Child custody, which is also yeah, a risk scary. for some parents to speak out. Because think about if you have um, a spouse or an ex-spouse that is not a consumer and it's a mm-hmm. contentious relationship mm-hmm. and then you're in custody and they say, well, she, she, she smokes weed around my kids. 
who is the court going to, you know, look favorably yep. on and who's not, yep. you know, so it can just be, you, you know, everybody's situation is different. I don't ever judge anybody for not speaking out. It could be that it could be because of their jobs, you know, federal mm-hmm. jobs or contracts mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, so these are the things you're thinking about the custody, like I just mentioned, student loans, even student loans have some type of, depending on the loans, you can be denied access to that. Um, So it's a lot of things that can be affected if you get those cannabis law convictions on your record. Um, So it's very important, very important to know what your laws are and try to try to abide by them as best as possible. I'm not saying you have to like them. I want to emphasize that. (laughs) I'm not saying you have to like your state's laws because we often do not like them and we Uh -uh. often fight for changing them. But because you don't like them doesn't mean anything when you're standing in front of the judge about to be sentenced for something that you did to break the law um Mm -hmm. so yeah very important (laughs) yeah what are some of the repercussions and future repercussions that kind of stay with you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you think of like the consequences of getting a cannabis law violation which is why our mission is to prevent cannabis law violations Mm -hmm. i just am emphasizing that again um why that is so important is because if you get those law violations, whether it be open container or your kids or possession, or maybe they think that you are um, possessing with intent to distribute, that's a whole nother mm-hmm. charge. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, yeah. All of those things. And they can make assumptions based on how much you have, mm-hmm. what you were doing. I mean, it's, it, it can be a whole mess. It's because when you have those convictions on your record, um, a lot of times you may be prevented access to housing opportunities, jobs. They do background checks. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> States will do a background yeah. check. Jobs will do a background check. You may be prevented access to that. Child custody, which is also yeah, a risk scary. for some parents to speak out. Because think about if you have um, a spouse or an ex-spouse that is not a consumer, and it's a mm-hmm. contentious relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you're in custody and they say, well, she she, she smokes weed around my kids. Who is the court going to, you know, look favorably yep. on who's not, yep. you know, so it can just be, you, you know, everybody's situation is different. I don't ever judge anybody for not speaking out. It could be that it could be because of their jobs, you know, federal mm-hmm. jobs or contracts mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, so these are the things you're thinking about. The custody, like I just mentioned, student loans, even student loans have some type of depending on the loans, you can be denied access to that. Um, Hmm. So it's a lot of things that can be affected if you get those cannabis law convictions on your record. Um, So it's very important, very important to know what your laws are and try to try to abide by them as best as possible. I'm not saying you have to like them. I want to emphasize that. (laughs) I'm not saying you have to like your state's laws. Because we often do not like them and we Uh -uh. often fight for changing them. But because you don't like them doesn't mean anything when you're standing in front of the judge about to be sentenced for something that you did to break the law. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, very important. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Other than a stash box that keeps everything locked up, knowing, knowing the laws in your state. What are other resources for moms to learn about cannabis, to uh, learn how to use it? Like, what resources do you direct other women to when they come to you? They're like, hey, I know that you're 
you're heavily involved in the industry. How do I learn how to use cannabis methods, terpenes, all that kind of stuff? Where do you direct people for resources? Oh my goodness. You know, I, it, it, it's funny because I talk to moms, like even new moms are like trying to dabble mm-hmm. and try to figure out yep. like, where can I be a part of this community? And I'm like going through my Instagram page, like, oh, you need to follow yeah. this person. You need to follow yeah. this person. So I direct people to different Instagram pages okay. that I follow. Um, when it comes to like terpenes and stuff like that, I feel like there's so much information out there, but not all of it is even right. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm really picky about that. Um, my husband is in grad school for cannabis science. So, I mean, he's oh, cool. really my plug. He's my plug for information yeah. on that. Um, but there are some really good pages out there that are very educational. Um, so, so, so I typically just do it person by person. Like, okay, what are you looking for? Are you looking for education? Yeah. Are you looking for mom-based content? Are you looking for community content, mm-hmm. you know, and then go from there, but it's really plugging them in more so on the social media side yeah. and then plugging them in with normal, which is a more on the legal educational side. Yeah. Um, and then, and then start with, start with that when it comes to education. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because finding that community, is a really good first step just to get more comfortable and to mm-hmm. find your way and everything and find your path because it takes a village to do everything that we moms do and to have a community and like that holistic kind of approach now is so important. So that's yeah. awesome. We'll link some of we'll link some of those Instagram pages in these notes. Um, what are you and your husband most excited for? in the direction that cannabis cannabis is going, whether it's like in his courses that he's taking now or what you guys are seeing through your company, like what are you guys the most excited about? Hmm. Um, we're most excited about where our company is going and the impact that we can continue to yeah. have on the industry. Um, you know, you can you can Google stash boxes and a thousand will come up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we mm-hmm. differentiate ourselves because we focus on high quality. All of our stash boxes at this point, and even as we go forward in the future, we'll have that lock on them because of the reasons mm-hmm. that we already mentioned about keeping the kids out, protection while you're traveling, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but a huge part of our company is education. A huge part of um, what we look to do as a company is impact our communities by educating them because that empowers them to protect themselves, to yeah. prevent cannabis law violations, to protect their children from gaining mm-hmm. access, their pets from gaining mm-hmm. access mm-hmm. And, and more and more things. So we're very excited about where our company goes and how we can impact the country with yeah. education Um, I do a lot of speaking at events, whether I'm moderating an event or I'm teaching Mm -hmm. about something. I love that. I I, I love that even more now in the educational piece talking about cannabis. Um, But I do that across the country. Everybody needs to be aware because what happens is our states are starting to legalize cannabis. And we get so excited that it's legal, but nobody knows the details of the laws. Heck, I don't know the details of laws that are coming out in mm-hmm. Virginia on July 1 yeah. unless I research it. But unless I care about it, I'm not going to look into it. But guess yep. what? I'm going to be on top of cannabis because that's my industry. But other yeah. people who are interested in cannabis, I try to bridge that gap to say, okay, this is, this is what you need to know. 
this is what you need to know. (laughs) You know, so, um, so that's what we're most excited about having impact on our community. And that's the cannabis community globally, but starting here, of course, right here in the United States. Yeah. And in our state of Virginia, (laughs) that's where Mm -hmm. we started. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. So much value, so much information. I think that you did a really great job simplifying everything as like just a quick resource into being educated and like start someone down that path of going a little bit deeper because we have to look out for each other and protect ourselves. And while everything is so new and changing constantly, so this is a good true north just to make sure that you're good with your kids in the car and driving along the road while you're just trying to stay sane throughout the day. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) peace of mind peace of mind we don't we don't need any anything else added to our plate like we are we are good we're crushing everything as it is so Mm -hmm. don't need one more thing yeah yes yes (laughs) (laughs) but thank you sarah thank you so much for all of your information all the knowledge and uh just appreciate you chatting with me absolutely thank you for having me this was fun Thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I had. Do me a favor, pass this on to three more mamas that need to hear this information or that just need an uplifting, positive conversation to listen to in their day. It takes a village, it takes a tribe, and we all need to be there for each other. And this is just one small way that we can help our fellow mama next to us. I am busy over here having more interviews, putting out more content, and If you are looking for more, head over to mamachillclub.com and sign up for the Mama Mary newsletter. It is a newsletter that will go out once a week that will be more content around mamas and cannabis. If you're looking for more, head there. Otherwise, stand by for the next episode. We have some really awesome stuff coming out. Thanks again for being here. I'm Elizabeth with Mama Chill Club, and we'll see you on the next one. This episode is sponsored by Mana Supply Medical Cannabis Dispensary, a premier hub for cannabis, wellness, and community. Whether you're new or already a friend of cannabis, their staff is happy to guide you through the journey and offers free patient consultations. Mana has two convenient locations in Middle River and Edgewater, Maryland. While you do need a Maryland medical card to access their THC-containing products, they also carry a full stock of hemp and CBD that do not require a medical card. Make sure to give them a follow on Instagram at mana.maryland, that's M-A-N-A dot Maryland, and click on the link in their bio to see their full menu and calendar of events, including field festivals, meditation Mondays, monthly educational webinars, and more. You can also place a pre-order on their website, manasupply.com, M-A-N-A-S-U-P-P-L-Y dot com, and their Edgewater location even offers a drive through option. When you visit Mana, make sure to mention Mama Chill Club and you'll receive a 25% discount as a new patient or a $5 off stackable coupon as a returning patient.